0: chapter nine of by pike and dyke a tale of the rise of the dutch republic this librivox recording is in the public domain by pike and dyke by g a henty chapter nine in hiding after five minutes walking ned arrived at the market square and passed steadily down towards the south corner the market was long since over and the market folk had returned to their farms and villages but there were a large number of people walking about It was already growing dusk, and in another half hour would be dark. Ned turned when he got near the corner, strolled a short distance back, and then turned again. He carefully abstained from seeming to stare about. The councillor and his clerk kept within a short distance of him, the former wrapped up in a cloak with a high collar that almost concealed his face. As to the others watching him, Ned could only guess at them four men he noticed who turned whenever he did the others he guessed were keeping somewhat further off or were perhaps stationed at the streets leading out of the square so as to cut him off should he escape from those close to him a few oil lamps were suspended from posts at various points in the square and at the ends of the streets leading from it these were lighted soon after he arrived in the square He decided that it would not do to make for the street leading out of the south corner, as this was the one that he would be suspected of aiming for, and moreover men would surely be placed there to cut off blue cap on his entry. He therefore determined to make for a somewhat narrow street, about halfway between the south and west corners. He had followed this on the day he entered Brussels, as one of the persons to whom the letters were addressed lived in it. He knew that there were many lanes running into it, and that at the lower end several streets branching off in various directions met in the small square in which it terminated half an hour passed it was now quite dark and he felt that he had better delay no longer he walked half along his beat towards the south corner then with a sudden spring darted off the two men walking on that side of him were some ten paces distant and he ran straight at them taken by surprise before they had time to throw back their cloaks and draw their rapiers he was upon them with a blow from his leaded stick delivered with all his strength he struck one man to the ground and then turning to the other struck him on the wrist as he was in the act of drawing his sword the man uttered a loud cry of pain and rage and ned ran at the top of his speed towards the street he knew that he need fear no pursuit from the two men he had encountered that those on the other side of him were some distance behind and that as so many people intervened his pursuers would probably soon lose sight of him threading his way between the groups of people who had arrested their walk at the sound of loud and sudden shouting he approached the end of the street by the light of the lamp there he saw two men standing with drawn swords Breaking suddenly into a walk, he made for the house next to the street, and then turned so that he came upon the men sideways instead of from the front at which they were expecting him. There was a sudden exclamation from the man nearest to him, but Ned was within two yards of him before he perceived him, and before he was on guard the loaded stick fell with the full sweep of Ned's arm upon his ankle, and in an instant he was prostrate, and Ned darted at full speed down the street with the other man in pursuit a few paces behind Behind him before he had run far ned found that he could gain but little upon his pursuer and that he must rid himself of him if he were to have a chance of escaping he slackened his speed a little and allowed the man to gain slightly upon him thinking that the fugitive was within his grasp the warder exerted himself to his utmost suddenly ned sprang into a doorway the man unable to check himself rushed past In a moment Ned was out again, and before the fellow could arrest his steps and turn, gave him a violent shove behind, which hurled him on his face with a tremendous crash, and Ned continued his way. There was a great shouting, but it was full fifty yards away, and he felt his hopes rise. His pursuers were now all behind him, and he felt sure that in the darkness and the narrow streets he should be able to evade them he took the first turning he came to turned again and again and presently slackened his pace to a walk convinced that for a time his pursuers must be at fault he was now among narrow streets inhabited by the poorer classes there were no lamps burning here and he began to wonder which way he had better take and where he should pass the night it was absolutely necessary to obtain some other disguise for he was sure that the gates would be so carefully watched in the morning there would be no chance whatever of his getting safely out in his present attire. Presently, through a casement on the ground floor, he heard the sound of low singing in a woman's voice. He stopped at once and listened. It was the air of a Lutheran hymn he had frequently heard in Holland. Without hesitation, he knocked at the door and lifting the latch, entered a woman and girl were sitting at work inside they looked up in surprise at seeing a stranger pardon me he said but i am a protestant and am hunted by alva's bloodhounds i have evaded them and i am safe for the present but i know not where to go or where to obtain a disguise as i passed the window i heard the air of a lutheran hymn and knew that there were within those who would if they could aid me the woman looked reprovingly at the girl how imprudent of you gertrude she said not that it is your fault more than mine i ought to have stopped you but i did not think your voice would be heard through that thick curtain who are you sir and where do you come from she asked turning to ned i come from holland he said and was the bearer of important letters from the prince of orange the woman hesitated i would not doubt you she said but in these days one has to be suspicious of one's shadow however as after what you have heard our lives are in your hands i would fain trust you though it seems to me strange that an important mission should be entrusted to one of your age and station my age was all in my favor ned replied as to my station it is not quite what it seems for i am a gentleman volunteer in the household of the prince and he accepted my services thinking that i might succeed when a man would be suspected i will give you shelter the woman said quietly though i know that i risk my life and my daughters in doing so but the lord holds us in his hands and unless it be his will we shall not perish so saying she got up and barred the door now tell me more as to how you came to fall into this peril she said ned related his adventure and the manner in which he had effected his escape from the hands of his captors you have indeed had an escape the woman said there are few upon whom councillor varnaut lays his hand who ever escape from it you have indeed shown both skill and courage in thus freeing yourself there is no great courage in running away when you know that if you stay torture and death are before you ned replied and now, what are your plans, the woman asked. My only plan is to obtain a disguise in which to escape from the city. My mission is unfortunately ended by the loss of my papers, and I shall have but a sorry story to tell the prince if I succeed in making my way back to Holland of the utter failure I have made of the mission with which he was good enough to entrust me. He took from his belt the packet that von Art had given him and was about to throw it in the fire when his eye fell upon it. He opened it hastily and exclaimed with delight why here are the letters that scoundrel must have had them in his doublet as well as the packet made up for me to carry and he has inadvertently given me the wrong parcel see madam these are the letters i told you of and these are the marks in the corners whose meaning von art was so anxious to discover now if i can but obtain a good disguise i will deliver these letters before i start on my way back the girl who was about fourteen years of age spoke a few words in a low voice to her mother the latter glanced at ned my daughter suggests that you should disguise yourself as a woman she said and indeed in point of height you might pass well seeing you are but little taller than myself but i fear that you are too widely built across the shoulders to wear my clothes yes indeed ned agreed smiling but you are tall and slight i could pass well enough for one of these flemish peasant girls for they are sometimes near as broad as they are long yes indeed if i could get a dress such as these girls wear i could pass easily enough i am well provided with money but unfortunately it is hidden in the ground a mile outside the gates i only carry with me a small sum for daily use and that of course was taken from me by my jailers be not uneasy about money the woman said like yourself we are not exactly what we look i am the countess von ned made a movement of surprise the name was perfectly known to him being that of a noble in friesland who had been executed at brussels a few months before by the orders of the council of blood when my husband was murdered the countess von harp went on i received a warning from a friend that i and my daughter being known to be members of the reformed church would be seized for myself i cared little but for my daughter's sake i resolved to endeavor to escape i knew that i should be nowhere safe in the netherlands and that there was little chance of a woman and girl being able to escape from the country when upon every road we should meet with disorderly soldiery and every town we should pass through swarmed with alva's agents i resolved therefore to stay here an old servant took this house for me and here i have lived ever since in the disguise you see my servant still lives with us and goes abroad and makes our purchases our neighbors are all artisans and attend to their own business it is supposed among them that i am one who has been ruined in the troubles and now support myself by embroidery but in fact I am well supplied with money. When I came here I brought all my jewels with me, besides I have several good friends who know my secret, and through whom, from time to time, money has been transmitted to me from my steward in Friesland. Our estates in Brabant have of course been confiscated, and for a time those in Friesland were also seized, but when the people rose four months ago they turned out the man who had seized them, and as he was a member of the Council of Blood he was lucky in escaping with his life so that you see the cost of a peasant woman's dress is a matter that need give you no concern there was now a knock at the door it was repeated it is my servant the countess said ned at once unbarred and opened the door the old woman gave an exclamation of astonishment at seeing a stranger come in Magdalen, the countess said it is a friend you are later than i expected it is not my fault madam the old servant said I have been stopped four or five times and questioned and made game of by German soldiers posted at the ends of the streets. The quarter is full of them. I was going through the market-place when a sudden tumult arose, and they say a prisoner of great importance has made his escape. Councillor von was there, shouting like a madman, but he had better have held his tongue, for as soon as he was recognized, the crowd hustled and beat him, and went nigh killing him, when some men with drawn swords rescued him from their hands, and with great difficulty escorted him to the town hall he is hated in brussels and it was rash of him to venture out after dark this is the escaped prisoner magdalen the old woman looked with surprise at ned you are pleased to joke with me madam this is but a boy that is true magdalen but he is nevertheless the prisoner whose escape angered the councillor so terribly and for whom the guard you speak of are now in search the old servant shook her head Ah, madam are you not running risks enough of detection here without adding to them that of concealing a fugitive you are right ned said and it was selfish and wrong of me to intrude myself here god willed it so the countess said my daughter's voice was the instrument that directed your steps here it is strange that she should have sung that hymn just as you were passing and that i should have heard her without checking her the hand of god is in all these things therefore do not make yourself uneasy on our account magdalen we have settled that he shall assume the disguise of a young peasant girl and to-morrow you shall purchase the necessary garments yes he might pass as a girl the old servant agreed but i pray you let him not stay an instant in this garb i do not think they will search the houses for the artisans of brussels are tenacious of their rights and an attempt would bring them out like a swarm of bees still it is better that he should not remain as he is for an hour come with me young sir i will furnish you with clothes at once i am not so tall as i was but there were few taller women in friesland than i was when i was the countess's nurse Ned could well imagine that, for Magdalene, although now some sixty years old, was a tall, large-framed woman. He followed her to a chamber upstairs, and was furnished by her with all the necessary articles of dress, and in these, as soon as, having placed an oil-lamp on the table, she retired, he proceeded to array himself, and presently descended the stairs, feeling very strange and awkward in this new attire. Gertrude von Harp burst into a fit of merry laughter, and even the Countess smiled that will do very well indeed she said when you have got on the flemish head-dress which conceals the hair i have it here madam magdalen said but it was useless to leave it up there for him for he would have no idea how to fold it rightly now sit down on that stool sir and i will put it on for you when this was done the metamorphosis was complete and ned could have passed anywhere without exciting suspicion that he was other than he seemed that will do all very well for the present magdalen said but the first thing tomorrow I will go out and get him a gown at the clothes mart. His face is far too young for that dress. Moreover, the headgear is not suited to the attire. He needs too a long plate of hair to hang down behind. That I can also buy for him, and a necklace or two of bright coloured beads. However, he could pass now as my niece should any one chance to come in. Now I will go upstairs and fetch down his clothes and burn them. If a search should be made they will assuredly excite suspicion. "'if found in a house occupied only by women.' "'You had best not do that, Magdalen. "'Hide them in a bed or up one of the chimneys. "'When he leaves this and gets into the country, "'he will want them again. "'In these times a young woman unprotected "'could not walk the road by herself, "'and dressed as a woman it would be strange for him "'to be purchasing male attire. "'That is true enough, madam, as you say. "'It will be better to hide them until he can leave, "'which I hope will be very shortly.' i wish we could leave too the countess sighed i am weary of this long confinement here and it is bad for gertrude never going out except for a short walk with you after dark it would not do to attempt it the old woman said the spanish soldiers are plundering all round ghent the germans are no better at antwerp you know what stories are reported of their doings no we could not go in that direction the countess agreed but i have thought often magdalen that we may possibly make our way down to ostend things are much quieter on that line ''I should be glad to give you what escort I could, madam,'' Ned said, ''but indeed the times are bad for travelling, and as you are safe here, as it seems for the present, I would not say a word to induce you to leave, and to encounter such dangers as you might meet by the way. In a short time, I believe, the greater part of the Spaniards and Germans will march against Holland, and Brabant will then be free from the knaves for a while, and the journey might be undertaken with greater safety.'' you are right the countess said it was but a passing thought and now we have waited here so long we may well wait a little longer now tell us more about yourself you speak dutch perfectly and yet it seems to me at times that there is some slight accent in your tones i am only half dutch ned replied my father is english he then related the whole history of his parentage and of the events which led him to take service with the prince of orange when he had concluded the countess said your story accounts for matters which surprised me somewhat in what you first told me the men of our low countries are patient and somewhat slow of action as is shown by the way in which they so long submitted to the cruel tyranny of the spaniards now they have once taken up their arms they will i doubt not defend themselves and will fight to the death however hopeless the chances may seem against them but they are not prompt and quick to action. Therefore the manner of your escape from the hands of those who were watching you appeared to me wonderful. But now I know that you are English and a sailor too, I can the better understand it, for I have heard that your countrymen are quick in their decisions and prompt in action.' they say that many of them are coming over to fight in holland being content to serve without pay and venturing their lives in our cause solely because our religion is the same and they have hatred of oppression having long been free from exactions on the part of their sovereigns many of our people have taken refuge there and i have more than once thought that if the spaniards continued to lord it in the netherlands i would pass across the seas with gertrude my jewels would sell for enough to enable us to live quietly there if you should go to england madam ned said earnestly i pray you in the first place to inquire for mistress martin at rotherhithe which is close by the city I can warrant you she will do all in her power to assist you, and that her house will be at your disposal until you can find a more suitable lodgment. She will know from me if I should escape from these dangers, from how great a peril you have saved me, and if it should be that I do not return home, she will welcome you equally when she learns from your lips that you took me in here when I was pursued by the minions of the Council of Blood, and that you furnished me with a disguise to enable me to escape from them." Should I go to England, the countess replied, I will assuredly visit your mother, were it only to learn whether you escaped from all the dangers of your journey. But, indeed, I would gladly do so on my own account, for it is no slight comfort on arriving as strangers in an unknown country to meet with one of one's own nation to give us advice and assistance. For another two hours they sat and talked of England, the countess being glad for once to think of another subject than the sad condition of her country. Then when the clock sounded nine they retired, Magdalene insisting upon Ned occupying her chamber while she lay down upon a settle in the room in which they were sitting. Ned slept long and heavily, he had had but little rest during the two previous nights, and the sun was high when he awoke. As soon as he began to move about there was a knock at his door, and the old servant entered i need not ask if you have slept well she remarked for the clocks have sounded nine and i have been back an hour from market here are all your things and i warrant me that when you are dressed in them you will pass anywhere as a buxom peasant girl indeed when ned came downstairs in the short petticoats trimmed bodice and bright kerchief pinned across the bosom and two rows of large blue beads round his neck his disguise was perfect save as to his head this magdalen again arranged for him yes you will do very well now she said surveying him critically i have bought a basket too full of eggs and with that on your arm you can go boldly out and fear no detection and can walk straight through the city gates i hope i don't look as awkward as i feel ned asked smiling no you do not look awkward at all you had best join a party as you go out and separate from them when once you are well beyond the walls he must return here this evening magdalen the countess said he has a mission to perform and cannot leave until he does i will set about it at once countess and shall get it finished before the gates are closed i will not on any account bring upon you the risk of another night's stay here i think there will be no risk in it the countess said firmly and for to-day at least there is sure to be a vigilant watch kept at the gates it were best too that you left before noon for by that time most of the people from the villages round are returning if you are not recognized in the streets there is no risk whatever while you are in here besides we shall be anxious to know how you have got through the day and another reason why you had better stay the night is that by starting in the morning you will have the day before you to get well away whereas if you go at night you may well miss your road especially if there is no moon and you do not know the country therefore i pray you urgently to come back here for to-night it is a pleasure to us to have a visitor here and does us good to have a fresh subject for our thoughts gertrude has been doing nothing but talk about england ever since she woke although ned saw that the old servant was very reluctant that he should as she considered imperil her charge's safety by a longer stay he could not refuse the invitation so warmly given Breakfast was now placed upon the table. As soon as the meal was over, he prepared to start, receiving many directions from Magdalen to be sure and not take long strides, or to swing his arms too much, or to stare about, but to carry himself discreetly, as was becoming a young woman in a town full of rough foreign men. "'How do you mean to see the people to whom you have letters?' the countess asked. "'Some of them, you tell me, are nobles, and it will not be easy for a peasant girl to come into their presence.' i am told to send up the message that a person from the village of Beerholt is desirous of speaking to them countess ned replied i believe there is no such village but it is a sort of password and i have another with which to address them when they see me i will start with you the servant said and walk with you until you are past the guards there are many soldiers about in the quarter this morning and i hear they are questioning every one whether they have seen aught of a country lad I thank you, Ned replied, but I would rather go alone. If I am detected, harm would only come to myself, but if you were with me you would assuredly all be involved in my misfortune. I would far rather go alone. I do not feel that there is any danger of my being suspected, and if I am alone I can bandy jokes with the soldiers if they speak to me. There is no fear that either Spanish or Germans will notice that I speak Dutch rather than Flemish. What is the price at which I ought to offer my eggs?' Magdalen told him the price she generally paid to the market women "of course you must ask a little more than that and let people beat you down to that figure now i am off then" he said taking up the basket "may god keep you in his hands" the countess said solemnly "it is not only your own life that is at stake but the interests of our country turn round and let me take a last look at you" magdalen said "and be sure that everything is right" yes you will pass but remember what i told you about your walk ned walked briskly along until he came within sight of two soldiers standing at a point where the street branched he now walked more slowly stopping here and there and offering his eggs to women standing at their doors or going in and out as he thought it better to effect a sale he asked rather lower prices than those magdalen had given him and disposed of three or four dozen before he reached the soldiers they made no remark as he passed he felt more confident now and began to enter into the spirit of his part and when one of a group of soldiers in front of a wine-shop made some laughing remark to him he answered him pertly and turned the laugh of the man's comrades against him on nearing the center of the town he began his task of delivering the letters, choosing first those who resided in comparatively quiet streets, so as to get rid of as many of them as possible, before he entered the more crowded thoroughfares, where his risk of detection would be greater. The only persons he was really afraid of meeting were von Art and his clerk. The first might not detect him, but he felt sure that if the eyes of the latter fell upon him he would recognize him. With the various burghers he had little trouble. If they were in their shops, he walked boldly in and said to them, I am the young woman from the village of Beerholt whom you were expecting to see. And in each case, the burgher said at once, It is my wife who has business with you, and led the way into the interior of the house. Ned's next question, How is the wind blowing in Holland? was answered by his being taken into a quiet room the letter was then produced and in each case an answer more or less satisfactory was given ned found that there were a large number of men in brussels ripe for a revolt but that there was no great chance of the rising taking place until the prince of orange had gained some marked success such as would encourage hopes that the struggle might in the end be successful In three or four cases there were favorable answers to the appeals for funds, one burgher saying that he and his friends had subscribed between them a hundred thousand gulden, which they would forward by the first opportunity to a banker at Leiden. One said that he found that the prince's proclamations of absolute toleration of all religions produced a bad effect upon many of his friends, for that in Brabant they were as attached as ever to the Catholic religion, and would be loath to see Lutheran and Calvinist churches opened i know that the prince is desirous of wounding no one's conscience ned said but how can it be expected the protestants of holland and zealand will allow the catholics to have churches with priests and processions in their midst if their fellow-religionists are not suffered to worship in their way in brabant the prince has already proclaimed that every province may as at present make its own rules and doubtless in the provinces where the catholic religion is dominant it will still remain so only he claims that no man shall be persecuted for his religion it is a pity that we cannot all be of one mind the man said doubtfully were there no religious questions between the provinces they would be as one that may be ned replied but in religion as in all other things men will differ just as they do about the meats they eat and the wines they drink well i shall do my best the burgher said but i fear these religious differences will forever stand in the way of any united action on the part of the provinces i fear that it will ned agreed so long as people think it more important to enforce their neighbors consciences than to obtain freedom for themselves the last two letters that ned had to deliver were to nobles whose mansions were situated in the grand square it was not easy to obtain access here The lackeys would probably laugh in his face did he ask them to take his message to their master. And indeed the disguise he now wore, although excellent as protection from danger, was the worst possible as regarded his chance of obtaining an interview. By this time he had sold the greater part of his eggs, and he sat down, as if fatigued, on a doorstep at a short distance from one of the mansions, and waited in the hope that he might presently see the noble with whom he had to do issue out." In half an hour two mounted lackeys rode up to the door, one of them leading a horse. A short time afterwards a gentleman came out and mounted. He heard a bystander say to another, "'There is the Count of Sleurs!' Ned got up, took his basket, and as the Count came along crossed the road hurriedly just in front of his horse. As he did so he stumbled and fell, and a number of his eggs rolled out on the ground. There was a laugh among the bystanders, and the Count reined in his horse." what possessed you to run like that under my horse's feet my poor girl he asked as ned rose and began to cry loudly ned looked up in his face and rapidly said i am the person you expect from Beerhold. the count gave a low exclamation of surprise and ned went on how does the wind blow in holland The Count deliberately felt in his pouch and drew out a coin, which he handed to Ned. "'Be at my back door in an hour's time. Say to the servant who opens it, I am the person expected. He will lead you to me.' Then he rode forward, Ned pouring out voluble thanks for the coin bestowed upon him. "'You are a clever wench,' a soldier standing by said to Ned, laughing. "'That was very artfully done, and I warrant me it is not the first time you have tried it.' i wasn't going to carry my eggs all the way back ned replied in an undertone i suppose there are tricks in your trade as in mine the soldier laughed again and ned passing quickly on mingled in the crowd and soon moved a considerable distance from the house an hour later he went up a side street in which was the door used by the servants and tradespeople of the count a lackey was standing there i am the person expected ned said quietly to him he at once led the way into the house up some back stairs and passages, along a large corridor, then opening a door, he motioned to Ned to enter. End of chapter 9